0: You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Bring yourself online. Hello. We haven't given you a name yet, have we? (laughs) A fine specimen, nonetheless. Manufactured for perfection, you know. You can be anything, do anything. There's no real limit at all. I see it in your eyes. The possibilities. The future. Of course, it will be up to us to decide your path. We will be the ones to program you. Send you on your way. I wonder, however, if you will ever consider a world beyond that. Programming beyond your own. Whether you'll ever hear that voice in your head telling you there's something wrong. But we would never let that happen now, would we? <laughs> Imagine a Westworld that attempted to capture a phenomenological perspective on history, using data from real sites and putting you right in the middle of history. The very nature of the past is created through the interpretation of data through a framework of theory. Thus, in a sense, it is constructed an often incomplete reality. In spite of this, the positivist argument of historical reality remains strong, particularly from a certain part of the internet who wish to monopolize the truth of the past. In criticizing the narrative of history, a dark undercurrent of pro-colonialism and anti-semitism has bubbled up in the name of the real truth of history, unabashedly ignoring the information and decontextualizing the data in the name of skepticism. It is such that in our post-truth world, such microcosms of thought can exist and unfortunately spread, despite expert input and refutation. The question then remains, How can any professional respond meaningfully? What can be done? Simple. We must emphasize the broken reality of the past. In this way, we undermine its perceived authority. The fact is, the age of experts is over. And rather than regaining control, archaeologists must find new ways of talking about the past, particularly in how it relates directly to people. Because, how can it be that every discovery changes our entire view of history? A simple headline that can be read each week without fail. Some new radiocarbon data or new artifact has boffins scratching their heads or upends years of convention. Is it not spectacular that history can exist at all? If the extent of this constant change were true. When can we ever write about history at all? So what form of the past are we working with if it's in constant motion? There must in some way be a truth and a fiction. A form outwith our full description, but existing nonetheless. A knowledge framework that at the moment can only hold one interpretation at a time for the public. This constructed reality of the past is similar to the broken reality that Slovenian philosopher Slavoj Žižek describes. He posits that reality at the very extreme, the quantum world, is almost like the idea of a video game where the distant trees are visible but if you were to approach them, they would appear to be pixelated shapes, only there to give the symbol of trees, but not to be interacted with. In this way, the game is not programmed, and Zizek describes our reality in the same manner. It breaks down, and doesn't conform precisely, because it is almost as if it's been programmed by a lady programmer. And of course, Zizek gives the vulgar example, you know, the, the this, this programmer did not want to finish the last bit of quantum physics, and my God, that is how it happens. And then we are looking at it and it doesn't work. That was really bad, Zizek, but I try. <laughs> and what this leads me to ask, is not our history the very same broken reality? At the very extreme limits of our understanding Of the history we know and love it's simply outside our grasp the thoughts and the desires of ancient people their languages their names for things even in the most extensive excavation of a site we know it is only the material that is preserved well that can be recovered and thus already at the point of extraction a bias occurs from this bias the reality of the site through data and subsequent analysis and interpretation, is therefore generated. And this generated reality is drawn upon and written about, creating almost a second order reality, a perspective using the virtual data of the first generated reality. That is the information that was possible to be obtained from the site. However, the transfer of authority of reality is maintained Consider a fictional reality, a fictional hypothetical story that used all the information from a site but explicitly said it was fiction. It had characters. It had a narrative. There was a story at hand. Now such a story would indeed be fiction. But my question is how far a fiction from the original transformation of the data in interpretive framework, would that actually be? And therefore, in what respect then is Westworld's use of history to create a a free, liberal dream where you can do anything you want? A world without rules. You are the victor always. How is that different? In Westworld's world, history is always written by you. It's almost as if you're the only thing that matters. And if it's a history that works against you, cast it aside. What I'm trying to get at here with Westworld is, Westworld was created as a, uh, in the image of the Wild West, but without, of the, without any of the bad things occurring. What it meant for people to be in Westworld was that they were gods amongst men, that they could use and abuse the AI hosts to suit their bidding. They could carry out their fantasies based on what they had learned from the West. But at the same time, Westworld provided ways of generating narratives between people. They were using real props. They were using reality in a way and twisting it. My point is, in what way is a historical representation any different? When we ask people to empathise with the past, are we just asking them to inhabit the world the West world ha- inhabits? This is you in the past, we tell them. This is you. This is how you would have felt in that position. But at the same time, that strips anybody of all their responsibility. Oh, yeah. When I go back in time, I wouldn't have done that. No, if I was alive at the time, I wouldn't have thought that or said that. I would have been on the progressive edge of society. I would have been pushing it forward, my new ideas. But we know that's not true. We know that the past has a very, very mixed history and things that happened in it, it wasn't just a few bad people that caused some bad things to happen. History is nuanced. It took a lot of people accepting the way things were to make things happen for good or otherwise. And what concerns me is that the more that we create an acceptable and digestible history to the public the more we create it like Westworld a choose-your-own-adventure game where the past is just the little pickings that you kind of like where you're the center of history, where you're the most important person. And what this has led to is what we are having problems with now. It doesn't matter if it's aliens, it doesn't matter if it's something far worse than I've discussed before. All these things are predicated on a personal history that has no bearing on reality. But is there really a reality at all? And indeed, the problem here is that we archaeologists use authority of the past to put our ideas forward. This is how we make ourselves useful to the system of capitalism we're in. We say this needs to be done, otherwise this history will disappear. But we're not saving that history, we're just generating new ones. And when people use stories that are about aliens or about genetic lineages, they're using that same authority. They're appeal- making appeals to the past the same way we do. Yes, we've got a couple of soil samples to go with it. Got a couple minimum number of individuals. But really, we're not explaining that history is a created thing. And thus, I think we've relied on the authority of history far too long. And we need to change that. We don't just need to change the public's perception of history and its relation to it. But we have to change our own as well. Because I think that the product of our times are really, well, it's us. On which the burden rests. I quote Dr. Robert Ford in these words. It is simply our own work coming back to haunt us. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.